Pastor Boyd coming to share tonight. So come on, let's bring up Pastor Boyd. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus in this house tonight. Fantastic. That's great. How are you doing tonight? Who's excited to be at church tonight? Who's excited about Vision Sunday? I love that video. I got so excited when they showed some sausage rolls. I love sausage rolls. Pastor Steve Green loves doing weddings. I love doing funerals. Because when you do a funeral, sausage rolls are always guaranteed. How many of you love sausage rolls here in this house? Look at that. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to Vision Sunday. It's going to be fantastic. Not just because of sausage rolls. There won't be any sausage rolls. But the Bible says without vision, people perish. And so exciting that we launched our sixth campus this morning. Congratulations to Pastor Adam and uh, Darcy Frosty. God is going to do amazing things in Papakura. Looking for, so what did I say? What are you laughing? Pardon? What did I say? That's what I said. Oh, it's all set. It's all set. In heaven, they will be Adam and Darcy Frosty. I took a wedding yesterday. This is my fourth service preaching tonight, but anything is possible. I've had about six coffees and a V drink, and I'm pumped. I'm ready. I'm excited to be in this church. This church, this platform is like where like Moses had an encounter with God. This platform represents a lot for me. Uh, I, I led worship for the very first time on this platform. I preached for the very first time on this platform. Got married for the very first time and only time. <laughs> for the first time, so fantastic, that's great. You ready for God's Word tonight? The title of my message is, This Makes No Sense. Everybody say, this makes no sense. But my prayer is that hopefully this message makes sense, otherwise I'll be in trouble with my next door neighbor, which is your lead pastor. I live number two, two True Pride, don't come there. Number four, True Pride, you are welcome anytime. Pastor Steve and Bex Green, uh, they, they live next door to us. Uh, great friends of ours, so blessed to be on this journey with them. Tonight I want us to look at a story in the Old Testament that is full of this makes no sense moments. Uh, in the book of Genesis chapter 16, we read about a young lady by the name of Hagar. Hagar uh, is the maid of Abraham and Sarah uh, in the book of Genesis. We know the story. In the previous chapters, we read God giving Abraham and Sarah a promise. The promise was that they were going to have a son. Uh, fast forward a few, uh, sorry, the, but here in the following chapters, here they are. Fast forward a few more chapters. Here they are in their old age. Uh, still no sign of a, of a baby, no sign of a child. So Sarah decides to take matters into her own hands. She decides to come up with her own plan. She's like, you know, we're getting old, time's ticking. She's like, Abraham, we need to do something. So she comes up uh, with her own plan. Today, for a moment, I want us to look at the story uh, just to set the scene uh, for my message tonight. So are you ready for it tonight? Genesis chapter 16, verses 2 to 15, it says, So Sarah said to Abraham, The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abraham agreed with Sarah's proposal. So Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abraham as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abraham had settled in the land of Canaan. So Abraham had sexual, relationship with, sexual relationships, relations with Hagar, 
and she became pregnant. If you don't know what that means, talk to Pastor Frosty. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarah, with contempt. Then Sarah said to Abraham, this is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. Abraham replied, look, she's your servant, so deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarah treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. Then the angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. The angel said to her, Hagar, Sarah's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarah. She replied. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress. Everybody say return. Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears, for the Lord has heard your cry of distress. So Hagar gave Abraham a son and Abraham named him Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Ishmael grew up in the household of Abraham. Abraham treated Ishmael is his one and only son. He treated him, uh, you know, I'm sure Abraham had big plans uh, for Ishmael. He thought the promise of him becoming the father of nations was going to be fulfilled through, through Ishmael. But then things took a turn. Sarah miraculously became pregnant and they gave birth to a boy and they named him Isaac. Fast forward a few years later, one day Sarah uh, noticed Ishmael making fun of Isaac so she said to Abraham, Abraham, I don't care. You need to get rid of them. I want Hagar and Ishmael out of my house. She told Abraham, I don't want them here. I want them out of here. This was a difficult decision for, for, for Abraham. He raised Ishmael. It was, he was one of his sons, and this was a difficult decision for him. But God said to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to listen to your wife and follow, uh, follow her instructions. In other words, God is saying to Abraham, Abraham, important lesson for you. Happy wife, happy life. Listen to your wife. Listen to your wife, Abraham. So Abraham listens to her. Abraham gave, gave Hagar a container of water and sent them into the desert. Look what happens next. Genesis 21, 15 to 19 in your notes. When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about 100 yards away. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said, as she burst into tears. But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him. I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water, contain water container and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness and he settled in the wilderness of Paran. His mother arranged for him to marry a woman from the land of Egypt. As you look at the story, it's filled with this makes no sense moments as you look at Hagar's life and as you look at her story. Maybe you're here tonight and you are going through a this makes no sense moment in your life. Maybe you obeyed God and now you have found yourself in a place and you're like, God, what is going on? This makes no sense. Let me encourage you, God brought you to church for a reason. Let me tell you, it may not make sense to you, but it all makes sense to God. God's not up in heaven stressing out and worried and wondering, oh my goodness, I have no idea what is happening in East Auckland. Let me tell you, it all makes sense to God. Let me tell you, I have no idea 
what the rest of 2019 holds for you. I have no idea what the future looks like for you and for me, but I have no, I have one thing. I know one thing for certain. I know who holds our future. Our future is in the hands of the almighty God. He holds the future. And it all makes sense to him. And tonight, looking at this story, let me give you four keys, four lessons that we all need to remember when we go through a this makes no sense moment in our lives. Here's the first one. What do you do when you go through a this makes no sense moment? Number one, declare God's promises. Declare God's promises. Let me tell you, one thing in this world that will never change, and that is the word, and that is the word of God. Everything in this world will change. Opinions will change. Religious leaders will change their opinions on stuff. Hairstyles will change, as you can see. A lot of things in this world will change, but the Word of God, the promises of God will never change. In Genesis 16, verse 10, it says, I will give you more descendants than you can count. That promise was enough for Hagar to pull herself up and to keep going. Let me tell you, there are times you will feel discouraged and you will be ready to quit. Let me tell you, never forget the promises of God. Because when you're discouraged and you are ready to give up, let me tell you, it is the promises of God, the faithfulness of God, the Word of God. You need to declare it because it will give you the strength to pull yourself up and to keep going. Can I get an amen if you believe that? See, God's Word is full of, God's word is full of promises. There are over 7,000 promises in the Word of God. My wife, she's not here tonight. Uh, shame on her, but anyway... She's had me preach so many times. She's like, oh, you can go on your own tonight. At the age of 24, we were married only six months. Sharon was told at the age of 24 that she, she may not conceive. Let me tell you, no 24-year-old girl wants to hear that. So she was told at a young age that we will never have children. And as a young couple, we were, we were so discouraged, but I'll never forget one day we were praying and God said to us, you will have a baby boy and you are to call him Joshua. That was a promise we had from God. Uh, so we were, we were trying uh, for a baby, but there was no sign of a baby. And we were like wondering what's going on. Don't get me wrong. I love trying. But we were like, when's the baby? I said to Sharon, obey the word of God. We were told that we were going to have a baby boy. But I tell you, as a pastor, you are dedicating everyone else's children during child dedications. And you're wondering, when are, when are we going to have children? When is our baby? But I, I'll tell you, we held on to the promises of God. I'll never forget one Saturday afternoon. I was at home one Saturday afternoon. I was just in our lounge and I prayed this prayer and I said, God, I'm bored. I need a project. Out of nowhere, my wife showed up and she goes, guess what? I'm pregnant. I was just like, wow. I was bored and now God is saying to me, we're gonna have a, I was so excited and shocked at the same time. I cleaned the entire house. I'm doing the honest truth. I vacuumed. I These days, if I don't do housework, Shane goes, I'm pregnant. I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 I'll do, I'll do anything. We were so excited and we, we met with our doctor and, and she said to my wife that it was going to be a very, uh, like it was a high risk pregnancy and Sharon had to be, like she had to rest for 12 weeks. She couldn't do anything. She was not at church. We didn't tell anybody. We just told a handful of people uh, at church uh, uh, and our immediate family and we were nervous as a young couple. We we're going to be parents for the first time and I'll never forget when we were nervous, when we were worried, I'll never forget one day. A lady in our church, just a young lady, the most unexpected person, she came up to us and she said, last night, Sharon, I was praying for you. I was praying for you and God wanted me to give you this word. He said, God said, she said, God said to me last night, Sharon, to let you know, the seed that has been planted in you is in good soil. 
Let me tell you, sometimes God sends the most unexpected people to remind you of the promise that He has given you. Man, I'll tell you, that promise, that word just gave us so much hope. On the 28th of October, 2013, a healthy baby boy was born. And uh, praise God for that. And we were told we'll never have children. The baby was born. The midwife gave me my son, and we named him Joshua. She said, Boyd, he's born. He's out. You can't put him back again. Have a nice life. I'm out of here. And, and I'll tell you, we were so excited. We brought him home, and my son, you know, he'll cry in the middle of the night. And, you know, I never got out of bed grumpy because every time I heard him cry, I reminded myself, there is a miracle in the house. There is a miracle in the house. And I'm excited to tell you, on the 20th of June, we are going to have baby number two. How cool is that? How cool is that? Let me tell you, there are times you will have this makes no sense moment in your life. You need to declare God's promises. Learn to seek out the promises of God by reading His Word. Claim, claim them and begin to declare them over your life. Some of you, God has spoken His promises over your life and you've forgotten them. Can I encourage you? You've got to write it and you've got to put it everywhere. So but next time you feel doubtful, next time you feel like giving up, you need to remind yourself of the promises of God. Keep your eyes fixed on the promises of God. Can I get an amen this morning? By the way, I'm from Manu River, so when we preach, they throw stuff, they shout, they clap, they, you know, can't do all kinds of things, so feel free to do whatever you like to do, but anyway. Number two, number two, when you go through a this makes no sense moment, trust God's plan. Trust God's plan. When life doesn't make sense, we need to rely on God's plan. Genesis 16 verse nine, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. That would have been the last thing Hagar would have wanted to do. God is saying to her, I want you to go back and submit to Sarah's authority, she would have been like, God, are you sure? Are you sure about this? You want me to go back and submit to her and face her? I want you to listen to this very carefully. There are times our plans and our way may make more sense than God's plan and God's way, but I have learned in life that our plans and our way only leads to more trouble. It may all make sense in our head and God's plan may not make sense, but I have always found my plans and my way of doing things always get me into trouble. Why? Proverbs 14, 12, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. I mean, we see this with Sarah. God was not moving fast enough. So she took matters into her own hands and it only led, uh, and it only led to more trouble. My way may seem, make more, it may make sense now, but let me tell you in the long term, it only creates more trouble. But on the other hand, God's way may not make sense, but you can trust His plans because His plans is filled with future and a hope for every single one of you. Rely on God's plan. You know, so many people, they are stressed out with their plans, they're stressed out with their dreams and visions, their own lives. Why? Because we're trying to live our plans, our visions, our dreams instead of following God's plan. Some of you, you need to step back and you say, God, what do you want me to do? What is the plan that you have for my life? God told Hagar to go back and submit to Sarah's authority. Here's the interesting thing. Hagar didn't have an explanation. God gave her an order and said, go back. Can I tell you, there are times God won't give us an explanation. God doesn't owe us an explanation. There are times God does the same with us. God will ask you to do something and there's no explanation. Listen to this. Have you ever driven on a country road 
where there are no street lights, all you can see is 10 meters or so in front of you. You don't stop driving because that's all you can see. Because as you keep driving, the next part of the journey is revealed. God does the same with us. God will only show us what we need to know now, here and now. Because if he showed us the whole plan, guess what we do? We either run away from him or we run ahead of him. He makes everything happen in his time. Trust God's plan. I don't want to follow my plan for my life. Why? It'll get me in a whole lot of trouble. But I trust God's plan for my life. Rely on God's plan. Number three, look for God's provision. Look for God's provision. When you have a this makes no sense moment, recognize God's provision. Genesis 21 verse 19. Then God opened Hagar's eyes and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water. I want you to listen to this carefully. There are times we miss recognizing God's provision because it didn't come the way we think it should come. We say, God, it should happen this way. It should happen on, on this date. It should happen at this time when it's convenient for me, it, when it really fits in with my lifestyle and my schedule. We, we expect God to do it that way. We misrecognize him, what God wants to do in our lives because it doesn't happen in our timeline or a convenient time for us. We have, we have this preconceived idea of what God should do or when he should do it or how he should do it. But let me tell you, faith doesn't work that way. The Bible says his, way, his ways are higher than our ways. Let me encourage you to write this down. As Ben Cooley told us last Sunday night, note takers are history makers. All right. <laughs> that was a moment to go, amen. You still didn't, uh, thank, thank you very much. You will have special seating in heaven. The mystery of God's ways are beyond our comprehension. The mystery of God's ways are beyond our comprehension. The reality is that God is infinite. His ways are infinite. Let me tell you, God has more than one way of doing things. God's not restricted to one way. He has more than one way, one way of doing things. And I'll never forget, um, for those of you who don't know, I'm originally from Sri Lanka. If you don't know where Sri Lanka is, um, Sri Lanka is known for two things. We were the cricket world champions in 1995. Uh, we haven't done well since then. I'm the only one who is still talking about it. Um, and then we're also famous for Dilma tea. How many of you drink Dilma tea? Raise your hand. Oh, please do try it. And um, that's my uncle, and I'm joking. So 20 years ago, actually, in fact, 25 years ago, my, my parents, uh, uh, Sri Lanka has been in a war for over 30 years, but now... Uh, it's all solved, and uh, my parents, it was not um, safe for me and my brother to grow up, and we were planning to go to the UK. We were so young, and mum and dad thought it would be good to get us out of Sri Lanka, and we thought that UK was the place to go to. We were praying, and we believed that was the way. That, that's where we were gonna live, and I'll never forget when we applied uh, to go to the, to the United Kingdom, the, the immigration officer looked at us and said, he, he rejected our application, and he said, you will never go to the UK. I thought that was the only way for us to get out of Sri Lanka. As a teenager, I mean, my family, myself, we were heartbroken. We were so disappointed. We were so discouraged. We came home. The next day, my mom and dad thought, you know what? We're gonna try it one more time. We got in a little tuk-tuk. You know what a little tuk-tuk is? You know, the guy was driving as fast as we can. We were one minute late. The security guard, the security guard shut the door and he said to us, we were late. I tell you, we were so devastated. 
We thought that was the one way. That was the only way we thought of getting out of Sri Lanka. We were devastated. Can I tell you, I, I, I thank God for my parents. They kept on trusting God. They kept on declaring the promises of God. Can I tell you, three or four years later, God miraculously brought us to New Zealand. And I have, I not look back at what God has done in my life in the last 20 years. I can just boldly declare what Joseph said to his brothers. What was intended to harm me, God has turned it around for good. Can I tell you, God has more than one way of doing things. But here's the best part of the story. I've been to the UK over five times and I have preached there. I preach there every year. Every time I land in the UK, I just tell them, I'm here, suckers. Ah, ha, ha, ah, ha, ha. Now, I don't really do that in the immigration, you know. I just go, hmm, yeah, yeah. Some of you, some of you, you have given up. You are so discouraged because God closed the door. Can I tell you, there are doors God will close because it leads nowhere. When God closes the door, don't be sad, praise God for it. Because walking through the wrong door could have been the best, it's not the best thing. Let me tell you, walking through the God is, God is protecting you. When God closes the door, you need to say, God, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Because he has even greater doors he's gonna open for you. Declare God's promise, trust God's plan, look for God's provision. Number four, rest in God's presence. Rest in God's presence. Maybe you're carrying some scars that no one in this room knows about. You're wondering, how am I going to survive? How am I going to cope with this? How am I going to carry it further? Can I encourage you today with this? You need to stand still and rest in God's presence. Why? Because everything that you need when you go through a this makes no sense moment, it's all in God's presence. There are times when you go through a this makes no sense moment, there are many people, you get so discouraged. Can I tell you, discouragement is a choice. Some of you, you need to rise above discouragement. I'll never forget, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I I've got a problem with my left eye. Pretty much if I close my right eye and preach with my left eye, you can all go home and I wouldn't have the slightest clue. <laughs> I'll just carry on preaching. And, uh, uh, and I'll never forget many years ago when I was at this church, uh, my youth pastor friend, it wasn't Frosty, because Frosty didn't want me as a friend, but uh, <laughs> uh, he said to me, look, we've got a healing evangelist. Um, he's preaching and, and you should come and get him to pray for your eyes. I was like, okay, I'll come. Just to get my friend happy, I showed up. And I knew the healing evangelist. He saw me in the crowd and he said, Boyd, come on up. I want to pray for your eyes. And he prayed for my eyes and he said to me, God has healed you. I want you to walk out of this room practicing your miracle. He said, close your left eye, I mean right eye, and walk out of this room looking through your left eye. So I just followed his instructions. I did what the man of God asked me to do. I walked out and when I got to the foyer, I don't know if you've ever been to a Friday night service. This place is all blacked out. It's dark. And the foyer was dark. And I didn't know that someone had put a platform in the middle of the foyer. And I walked straight into this platform, cut my leg, and it was bleeding. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for your sympathy. <laughs> and, I'm, and I got to the car park, and I'll be honest with you, I was a bit confused. First time in my life I've been to a miracle service with one bad eye, and now I'm going home with a bleeding leg and a bad, <laughs> bad eye. And I was just like, you know what? I hope that guy doesn't ask me for an endorsement because that won't help him. <laughs> I went to a miracle service with a bad eye and now a bleeding leg. <laughs> Honest, truth story, true story. Three weeks later, Pastor Luke and myself, we were in India and uh, we preached. And uh, in India, after you preach, I mean, you do an altar call, everyone comes up. 
When I say everyone, the whole church comes up. There'll be like a thousand people and they all come up for prayer. So we were praying for people and there's a long line. You know, Pastor Luke and myself, we were praying, just open my eyes and my line was really long. I looked at Pastor Luke's line. It was a short line. I'm like, oh, oh interesting. But anyway, no, no, not, 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 I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing, but anyway, your fruit will speak for yourself. No, I'm joking. And, um, and, and, and uh, if you're listening, Pastor Luke, we love you. You're a good man. Steve told me to say that. But anyway, you know, the first guy that came up for prayer, the first guy that came up for prayer, I said to him, brother, what can I pray for? And he said to me, pastor, would you pray for my eyes? I was just like, you want me to pray for your eyes? I was like, God, is this a joke? I've come all the way from Auckland, New Zealand. I'm blind in one eye. You want me to pray? Anybody else prayed for him? And he went, the second guy, on a story, I said to him, what would you like me to pray for? And he said, pastor, would you pray for my eyes? I was like, Goodness me, God, what is going on? I'm like, can the next guy be like back pain or hand pain or migraine? Mix it up, God. Why are you sending me all the blind people? It's like blind leading the blind. <laughs> what is going on? I'm like, I can't see, and he's coming to me. And I'm like, oh, okay, book your eyes. I don't know. But so anyway, I was like, I'll try what Jesus did. Oh, you know, try something. And I prayed for honest to the third guy comes up for prayer. And the third guy was eyes again. And this time he says to me, it's my left tie. I'm like, that's the same as me, and you want left tie? I'm like, we can swap if you want. But um, anyway, on a story, I laid hands and I prayed for him, and within a few minutes he said to me, Pastor, he goes, I can see, I can see. Oh, for a moment, I felt like Benny Hinn. I'm like, oh, the power of God. Come over here, brother, pick him up. Anyway, no, you know, I was just like, I was so far, but honestly, on, on, the ins on the outside, I was happy for him, but on the inside, I was so disappointed. I was like, God, how come he gets a miracle and not me? This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. And I'll never forget what the Holy Spirit said to me that day. Boyd, when you're waiting for, for your own miracle, learn to celebrate someone else's miracle. Learn to celebrate someone else's miracle when you're waiting for your own miracle. Maybe you're here tonight and you're in a moment where you're going through a phase, God, this makes no sense. And you see other people getting a breakthrough. Someone else is getting married and someone else got a job promotion and someone's come up for their 90th crunchy and you're like, it's only March and goodness Lord, God, what about me? What about me? Declare God's promises. Trust God's plan. Recognize God's provision. Rest in God's presence. Samuel, would you come and jump on the keys for me, please? Don't mean to say, speak Lord, I'm listening, but that's all right. Whatever eye close, every head bowed. Maybe there are people here tonight Maybe you were going through a this makes no sense moment. I want to give you an opportunity. I want to pray for you. Some of you, I really believe that you are discouraged. Some of you, you're ready to give up. Some of you, you are ready to quit. Some of you, you're ready to give up on your God-given dream, God-given plan, wherever you are tonight. If you're going through a this makes no sense moment, I want to pray for you. Would you mind raising your hand up wherever you, wherever you are? I want to pray for you. On the count of three, wherever you are, would you just lift your hands and just say, God, I need a touch of God. I need a touch of God. One, two, three, very I see that hand. Thank you, 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 thank you. Oh, look, the hands going up everywhere. Father, I pray for every person with their hands raised up right now. Holy Spirit, will you enter this room from the front to the back, left to the right, right now. God, your word says it's not by might, it's not by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord God Almighty. Holy Spirit, will you move across this building right now? I pray for faith. I pray for faith. Right now, some of you, God is saying to you this, this evening, be still and know that I'm God. 
He is faithful. He is faithful. He who has called you is faithful. Father, I pray for renewed strength. I pray for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit in this building right now in the name of Jesus. God, some of these things, we, it may not make sense to us, but it all makes sense to you. Father, I pray for every person right now. Holy Spirit, will you touch them right now? Father, I pray for any person that here tonight, believe him for, for healing right now. I declare by your stripes, we are healed in the name of Jesus. I say cancer, bow down to the name of Jesus. I come against diabetes. I come against depression. I come against every sick body in this room tonight. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Sickness, you do not belong in this house right now. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Father, I pray for wisdom. Father, I pray that we will not rush ahead. We will not jump ahead of your plans, your purpose for every person here in this room right now. Father, I pray that we will be sensitive to your voice right now and we declare the promises of God. Your word says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil, plans to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. Lord, we declare the promises of God. We are more than conquerors. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Tonight, we testify, you are Lord, you are King of Kings, you are Lord of Lords, no weapon formed against us will prosper right now in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. I want to do something very quickly before I hand it back to Pastor Abigail. I really believe there are young people here tonight. You're saying, Boyd, I want to follow the call of God on my life. I'm saying yes to God's plan, His call over my life. If that is you, do you mind standing up to your feet? I want to pray for you, wherever you are. If you're saying, I want to follow God's plan for my life. I want to follow the call of God on my life. Would you mind standing up very quickly? One, two, three. Wherever you are, would you mind standing? I want to pray for you. If you see someone next to you standing, would you mind stretching your hands towards them? Let's pray for them. Father, once again, we pray for every single person standing right now in the name of Jesus. God, your word says, he who has called us is faithful right now. Lord, I pray for the call of God to be clear. To, to, Lord, I pray for clarity over every person standing right now. Lord, I pray at the right time, you will open all the right doors, close all the wrong doors in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for confirmation. God, I pray that you will bring the right people beside them at the right time, right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for every person that is standing and we thank you in advance for what you're gonna do in their lives. Father, I pray out of this church, we will see church planters that will go and plant churches up and down this nation and the nations of this world. We we pray for business leaders. We pray for government leaders, leaders in all parts of and so, uh, fabrics of our society that will influence this nation and the nations of this world. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Can you give God a big shout of praise? Fantastic. God bless you. Thank you for having me tonight.